Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. We're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And, of course, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Just go online to Perth Wildcats. Well, there's been a World Cup and it's currently underway, but unfortunately Australia's participation ended overnight and we're talking about the Rugby World Cup in France. The Wallabies, for the first time in their history, have failed to get out of the pool stage. A man that has been right on the spot for Sports Day WA has been Mick Collis, and we go to Paris now. Uh, Mick, thanks for your time. Yeah, Pete, my pleasure. And, and it's really hard to listen to you say that, the fact that the Wallabies, who have won the thing twice now don't even make it out of the pool stages. And I, and I can't believe what a fall from grace we've had in the last 20-odd years because that's um, hearing it from you that at hits home, this tournament's been an absolute disaster for the game in Australia. Well, the Australians at one stage could care to dream because Portugal opened up a lead over Fiji in the final match of Pool C, as we know, in the early hours of this morning, our time. And in the end, Portugal caused an upset, but they didn't beat Fiji by enough. No, they had so for Australia to get through, Portugal had to deny Fiji getting a bonus point. So in rugby, you get a bonus point if you finish within seven of the opposition, whether you win or lose, or if you score four tries, and again, whether you win or lose. So the final score, I think, was 22-21, and a fantastic game. But just that one-point margin meant that the Fijians got the bonus point, which then that put them um, level with Australia. But because Fiji had beaten Australia, Fiji goes through. And look, I was happy for Fiji. And the Portuguese, they've been the breakout team for me this tournament. They mm. were very, very good against Australia. We, we, they got a guy in the, uh, in the sin bin for 10 minutes and Australia scored three tries in 10 minutes. And that was the only difference between those two teams all night. And then they came out last night. They've never, ever beaten Fiji. In fact, that was the first game they've ever won at a World Cup last night. And it was against Fiji, who are a team in the quarterfinals. So they are, those players, they're all in tears at the end. It was just beautiful to watch. I sat in a little French cafe. It was packed full of rugby fans. And, you know, a lot of the Australians were obviously hoping that the Portuguese would, would go ahead and, and win. They were up by seven for a long time, but then Fiji kept coming back, then Portugal to go ahead. But but I think for me that, that Australia being kicked out is the kick in the backside that the game needs in Australia. Because I think if we had have snuck our way through, uh, Hamish McLennan and all the power brokers would think, yep, yeah, it was all part of our plan. Everything's fine. We can just carry on as normal and we can't. So it was kind of while I'm, I'm disappointed Australia didn't go through, we lost two games. We didn't deserve to be there in the quarterfinals. I think Fiji did. So, look, a good result. But, yeah, Portugal, fantastic, got home last night. I think you basically summed it up. It would have been an unjust uh, had the Australian oh, side yeah. gone through after being uh, dealt at the hands of the Welsh and, of course, to Fiji and, of course, having those ho-hum victories over the Minnows, Georgia and Portugal. Now... The asset is on Eddie Jones. He's got a four-year mandate. And we know he blooded a lot of fresh wallabies with an eye to the 2027 World Cup on home soil. I gather the pressure will be really on him to turn it around in four years' time. Yeah, it will. And, and the, the annoying thing about it, he's always been talking about, you know, planning for 2027, the home World Cup. And as we've spoken about, we saw the interest with the Matilda. So, you know, Rugby Australia were kind of getting behind him to have it for 2027. But the fact that we've now been kicked out in 2023, they're going to lose sponsorship money. They're going to lose interest. Participation rates normally rise after World Cup because there's some interest. There's going to be no increase in participation in, in rugby. So the damage that has been done 
by this this long term plan of trying to be good for 2027, I, I find that's really going to hurt the game, and I don't know how we're going to recover for that. So that was the real disappointing thing for me. The World Cup, you've got to go into every World Cup thinking this is the one we want to win, and you've got to pick the team that'll win the World Cup this year, not the one that's going to try and win in, in four years' time. And, and France, they took a young team into the 2019 World Cup. They didn't do any good, and everyone's saying, well, look, you know, they're, they're one of the favourites. But apparently there's only six players from that 2019 team that are still in this World Cup now. So it, it doesn't make any sense. That math doesn't add up. So They've really stuffed up, and I, and I think that's to blame with Eddie Jones picking this young side with no experience. And there was an article I read by Michael Liner, who was the former uh, Wallaby number ten, and then there was that the 1991 World Cup when Ireland at Lansdowne Road in the dying minutes got ahead of of Australia in the semi final, and Michael Liner pulled all the guys behind the goalpost. They had about five minutes to go, and he said, "Look, fellas, it's okay. We've been here before." This is what we're going to do. We'll kick over here. It'll come back inside the campo and we'll be able to score in the corner. And that's exactly what happened. And he was saying that the Wallabies this year, they had no one with that experience when times are going tough against Wales or Fiji to pull everyone together and say, fellas, it's okay. We've been here before. This is what we can do. And then have the players look up to that player. So they didn't have anything that year. And that, that for me, that goes right back to Eddie Jones by picking an inexperienced team for the most important tournament of the, of the four years. So, yeah, just... Disappointing on so many levels. Yeah, amazing when you consider Australia won those World Cups, what, in 1991 and 1999. And, and, and they were... Uh, basically in the shop window of everybody. Everybody knew John Eel. Yeah. Everybody knew David Campisi. They were household names. Now you ask, who are the household names of Australian rugby? And it's a, a bit difficult. We don't have any. We don't have any. And we made the World Cup final in 2015 under under Michael Checker, then they sacked him, and then he's now in coaching Argentina, and Argentina, they're through to the quarterfinals, <laughs> but, but not Australia. So we've got this shotgun approach. And Ed, you're right, when you talk about the, the, the big players, you ask people, you know, name me a wallaby, and it is those guys from 20 years ago. So what's, what's happened to Australian rugby? And everyone used to be, you know, the Wallabies were everyone's favourite winter team, whether you, whether you were from WA, South Australia, wherever it might have been, everyone got behind the Wallabies. But now, you know, just the interest is so low. And as you said, no one knows, no one could name a player. And I, I can't blame them. It's been chopped and changed. Even the captain, I think we've had six captains since Eddie Jones has been in charge, and he's been in charge for about nine test matches. So it's just the inconsistency has just made it so difficult for anyone to get on board. Yeah, you love the sport, and it's coming around in your delivery. Mick, you're, you're very, very disappointed at the way it played out, and you're amongst a lot of the Wallaby supporters that paid some good money to try and follow the Wallabies at that World Cup. What was the general mood before we move on to the quarterfinals? Yeah, look, everyone was, everyone was just disappointed, um, and I think, Sad for the game that we've that we've fallen that far. Like it's just uh, I I still can't believe. And because they talk about you know the the soccer world cup's got the pool of death, and rugby had a had a pool of death, and we weren't in it. We had once we found out we were with Wales, Fiji, Portugal, and Georgia. That was the easiest pool by a long way in the World Cup, and everyone thought, oh God, like it, it's it's how much are we going to win our pool by? And then to come away and and not even get through is is just oh, so disappointing. So that's the, the general thing is disappointment. And it's interesting from the other countries, because the great thing about the Rugby World Cup, if you've got a, a team colour on, people will just come and talk to you about, about rugby. And I was talking to some Irish fans um, when we went and watched the Island play Scotland on Saturday night. And we were talking to the Irish fans. 
and they were all just saying, look, we're really, we're really sad for you guys and really they felt for us because Australia, as we mentioned, had been such a proud rugby nation and the fact that we're not even through. So the general feeling is just disappointment in world rugby for the way that Australia has fallen off because the rest of the game around the world is really healthy and you see it by the support that, that the other teams are getting. But it's just in Australia because it's such a competitive market with the, you know, and now the AFL and the NRL finals are finished and there's this little bit of a gap now where rugby should be filling those gaps in the media during the quarterfinals and semifinal, everyone getting on board, but they're not going to be there. So it's just a real wasted opportunity. Mm, good call, Mick. Uh, let's look ahead finally uh, to the quarterfinals this weekend over there in France. And they're a bit lopsided, aren't they? Four of the big nations are playing against each other. Yeah, so on uh, on Saturday night, we've got Wales against Argentina. So that, was, that would have been, uh, if Australia had finished first, we would have been playing Argentina. And then the other one on Saturday night is Ireland against New Zealand. So two of the favourites. Then on the Sunday, England against Fiji. And again, if we had finished second, we would have been playing England. But the other one, France, South Africa. So they've got Ireland and New Zealand and France and South Africa playing in a quarterfinal. Now, they're the four best teams in the world. Two of those teams are going to go home saying, we didn't make it past the quarterfinals. And that's, uh, you know, that's almost as bad as us not getting out of a pool game for those four teams. But on the other side, you've got Wales against Argentina and England versus Fiji. So two of those teams, really, it's a walk-up start into a semi-final. And I can't believe that either Ireland, New Zealand, France or South Africa will be knocked out this weekend because those two quarterfinals should be the semi-final. But the way that the draw worked out, that's a quarterfinal. So I think once we hit the semi-finals, whoever, whoever wins out of Ireland, New Zealand and whoever wins out of France and South Africa, they will meet in the final because they'll get rid of the other two people when they... Um, when they play, so it's it's a really, I think the I think the quarterfinals is disappointing because it's going to, you're going to lose two of the very best teams that should be going through and playing for a semi-final spot. Mickey, you've been outstanding for me. Thank you very much for bringing us up to date with the Wallabies and the Rugby World Cup. You fly home tonight, our time. Uh, safe travel back, and you're travelling probably in the same flight as the Wallabies heading back to Australia yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have we'll have the black armbands on, and uh, we'll be disappointed. And look, I tell you, but if the Wallabies are on our plane, I think they actually do fly home tomorrow. But they'll be heading home, I'm sure, in business class. And and again, one of the one of the criticisms of the whole thing is the amount of money that Rugby Australia has spent just on the Wallabies, and they've neglected the the grassroots. They haven't worried about getting new people attracted to the game. They're putting all their money and all their interest in the in the very, very pointy end of the pyramid. And they had an Australia A team over here for a long time. They've had, I don't know how many hundred staff they've had with the Wallabies. They've wasted so much money. And to come home with absolutely nothing to, to show for it, that's the thing that makes the fans angry because it's just the game struggling. Money needs to be spent better and smarter. And it wasn't for this World Cup. Good on you, Mickey. Uh, you've summed it up beautifully. Thanks for your time, mate. Safe flight back, and we'll keep in touch. Perfect. Thanks, Pete. Mick Collis there, our SEN Sports Day WA rugby expert. And you could just hear in his voice the disappointment of what transpired. He was there at ground level watching the Wallabies just basically disintegrate in front of uh, all those Wallaby fans that... Uh, went over there to France to hopefully see Wallabies progress deep into the Rugby World Cup, but it wasn't to be. And we'll keep in touch with Mick, and we'll also keep in touch with what happens uh, across the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the Rugby World Cup final in a couple of weeks' time.
That's it for me. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Thanks to Paul Heath, my producer, and also Brian for panelling the program. Just before I go, letting you know that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. Good luck. TNCs do apply. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5, uh, straight after the run home with Hayes and Mardo. Hope you've enjoyed Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Have a good night, everyone. See you tomorrow at 5.